A thanks for listening to the Manchester Football Social, the Bloomer Rising show. Uh, this is the podcast beginning, the intro a little bit that we do before each show. I'm here with Fanzone Danny and Walter Smith, two Manchester City legends. If I don't Fanzone Walter myself, as well, actually. Fanzone Walter. I need to complete the show there, don't I? <laughs> My name is Stephen, by the way. And today we're going to be talking about uh, loads of stuff like the Burton Albion game, Brahim Diaz, uh, all the academy stuff, and some transfers. Enjoy the show. Manchester City Football Social with Blue Moon Rising. Good evening, Manchester. It's Tuesday. It's the 8th of January, and this is the show that is bluer than a blue thing on a blue day in Blue Land. It is the Manchester City Football Social, the all new, the all improved Manchester City Football Social. Uh, if you want to get involved tonight, Blues, we'd love to hear from you. Give us a call at 0345 117625 or hit us up on text 877 Double one. That is the one. It's not changed. I was just making sure. And uh, we have got coming up in the first section of the show, uh, we're going to be talking about City's Academy on the back of Brahim Diaz making his move to Real Madrid this week. Um, we want to get your thoughts on, is the Academy just a moneymaker or are you nostalgic and want to see these young blues making it through into the first team? Is that what it's all about for you? Second section of the show... We have got the big man on the four-time consecutive player of the season, Richard Dunn, will be joining us on air for a chat, all things City. And in the final show, we're going to be talking about the up-and-coming semi-final tomorrow night in the Carabao Cup against Burton. And also in January, it's the time to buy, or is it? So are City going to make any, any signings this month? And if so, who do you need? Now, this is all new, this is all revamped, and we've got, like, the ugliest-looking boy band in, in the world <laughs> involved, yourself, including myself, <laughs> including myself, but we are joined by the one and only Steve McInerney, esteemed Hello. company. Can we say that? Are we all right? Are we all right? Done it yeah, now, let's so plug it. Let's plug it. The at, at esteemed company from Twitter, Steve. Good evening. Good evening, Danny. How are you doing, man? Good, mate. How are you? I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be fun, isn't it? And you know, I'm more excited by having my old my old band back together with Walter from Blue Moon Rising. Well, there he is. Oh, so Walter. Exciting. Not only Blue Moon Rising, not only Blue Moon Rising, but take it! Take it! <laughs> it's only Walter Smith. Fanzone Walter Smith, one of my fellow fanzoners for the Blues. <laughs> How are you, Walt? Uh, very well indeed. Very well indeed. I'm excited at this opportunity and... Uh, who can't love a bit of uh, talking Manchester City for an hour? Yeah, and you've got the voice for radio hasn't as well, just... hasn't he? Just got that voice for radio. Uh, listen, we're going to have some fun in here. We're going to have some laughs. Um, but obviously, we want to talk City. And we've got, also got the first show, some tickets to give away for tomorrow night's game. So this will end at the begin. Uh, sorry, at the end of this section. So you've got to get your answers in really, really quickly. As I mentioned, we've got Richard Dunn coming up in the second section of the show. Uh, and he was the joint most sent-off player in Premier League history. We better not talk too much to him about that, but uh, I don't think he minds too much. But get your get your uh, your texts in eight double seven double one. How many times was Richard Dunn sent off for City? So eight seven seven double one. How many times was Richard Dunn sent off for City? You could win two tickets for tomorrow night's semi-final of the Carabao Cup. So uh, okay, boys, um, as you uh, you know, Brahim. D has made his way from uh, from City this week. He's joined his boyhood club, the club he's loved since he, he could breathe from, from listening to his statements. He's gone to Real Madrid today. Uh, what's your yeah. thoughts on that? Uh, firstly, I said it last night on the show, I'm gutted. I'm a little bit gutted because not only is a wonderfully gifted footballer, not only is um, he a shining light for our academy, uh, he's a nice lad as well. Uh, met him a couple of times in the past um, and he's fantastic really uh, but it is good for the academy I guess that we can show this pathway to I guess one of the biggest clubs in the world in Real Madrid and we've seen 
uh, like the likes of Sandra now, obviously making a name for himself as well. So it's not just the case where these players are getting dropped from City and struggling to make a career. It's nice to see that if they are moving on, they're moving on to great things potentially. But I'm still a little bit gutted because I had such high hopes for him. And I'm an old-fashioned romantic who believes that football, and as, as good as life is these days for us, I still think football is more fun when you see a lad come through who's just, you get the shock of the unknown, you get this excitement, you get this roar from the crowd when they see a young lad that is just, it's there, they're theirs, they're no one else's, it's not a team, uh, you're not born from anyone else, it's just your young lad and your, uh, your kind of discovery. And I love that about football and that's what I love about seeing Phil Foden run away celebrating goals and how much it means to him. And Brahim, even though he's Spanish, he's been here since he was about 14, he's got a bit of a man accent and he does love this club. And I always can't help but feel a little bit gutted when someone who's connected with the fans as much as he has has left. And I would love to see him got a little bit more game time. Having said that, I see the arguments either way. Uh, I just hope now that he goes on in a nice way to prove everyone wrong and show how good he can be because it's, that sends a good message as well for the academy that we can give this pathway to these young lads. We can give them a career. Um, I'm gutted, but I understand it at the same time. Yeah, and uh, Walter, I think your view on all this is a little bit more pragmatic. This is a commercial mind now we're talking to <laughs> with, uh, with Walter. It's not the romance maybe that Steve mentioned for you. It's uh, I think you see it as a business, more of a business. Yeah, yeah, of course I do. I mean, I'm a fan of Manchester City. I'm not a fan of uh, you know Brahim Diaz uh, FC. So you know, good luck to the guy when he goes out there, and I'm hoping he does well. And yeah, in an ideal world, we'd love to see, you know, 11 Mancunians taking the pitch, but yeah, I'm a realist. And I know that if you're a kid and you come to Manchester City, number one, I believe you're firmly going to get the best educational in the world. You're going to get uh, the likes of Pep Guardiola looking over you, running the rule. You're going to get taken in at St. Bede's as well, and you're going to get that kind of academic education that could, you know, these are young men, and if anything goes wrong or you get dumped from the the academy you've always got that to fall back on so we shouldn't be as scared of letting these kids go and you know you look at all these players that have gone to onto pastures new and you do get that pride that they they learnt their craft at manchester city and they've gone on elsewhere so as much as i'd like to see the 11 mancunians no i think it's a good win for brahim diaz because he's gone back to spain he's gone to pay for his boyhood club that he supported i think it's a good deal for real madrid because they're picking up a player on the cheap and i think it's a good thing for city as well because they're getting money for a player solid money for a player who isn't proven and it also enhances the reputation when you're trying to get other youngsters in you just point to brahim diaz and say look this guy went to real madrid it's yeah. not bad, is it? And is it is it a sign, though, of how far City have come over the years? I mean, we're talking about a kid here that plays for Manchester City, Steve, that can't get a game for us, so he's going to Real Madrid. I mean, you know, when <laughs> 20 years ago we were looking at City, you know, that was, that was a scenario that really would never have happened. So, you know, is it a sign of how much quality City have got, you know, how much um, depth they've got, that this guy... He's not really been a fringe player. I mean, I know he's had the odd game, but literally that's it. You know, is it 12 full, you know, full appearances for City or something like that? I think it's even that. Not even that, maybe. Yeah. yeah, it's very minimal, isn't it? But obviously, I mean, I like you, I, I watch a lot of the Academy. I've watched a lot of Brahim Diaz over the years. And I remember when I first saw him, he had that kind of goosebump effect. You yeah, know, he had hugely. something about him. But, but ultimately, 
if he's not going to get a game for us, you know, why is he going to Real Madrid? I mean, does he really believe he's going to, you know, get straight into their side? See, I've looked into that quite a little bit because I've seen a lot of people say that. And that was, to be honest, that was my reaction initially when I uh, saw he's going to Real as well. But they have actually got a decent rep for bringing back um, young players that they've loaned out themselves and actually giving them a chance, like Asensio, Casemiro, uh, Vasquez. Quite a few young players do actually get a crack of it at Real Madrid. And a lot of them do tend to come from the academy. A lot of them get bought in cheap, uh, like Brahim does go out on loan for a year and actually get brought back into the team so there are a club as well in transition you think no Ronaldo knows he's done anymore in terms of coach got Benzema agent Bale agent and they're looking for a new start looking for a new hope and given that he's obviously a fan of the club given the fact that at one point he was the talking point in Spanish football it could be actually a good time because there's so little expectation of him to do anything over there now um then maybe he could actually uh, get a chance. And for me, what Real have offered him, which we probably haven't offered him, is some kind of pathway. They've got a proven record of loaning young players out and bringing them back in. And that's the one thing I sometimes wish we'd do a little bit better because all these loans uh, we do, they don't really mean anything. That's the way I see it. They tend to mean you're on the market to be sold. Uh, I, I, I think it's it's obvious that if they go out on loan, you're going to be sold. Where You ask Pep what he thinks about Foden, he's like, nah, he's not going on loan anywhere because they see him as a potential first-team prospect. So... I think, in general, um, he'll probably get, weirdly, a bit more game time than he would here. And at least he's got B-team football to fall back on there as well, which is still competitive. Where here, he's doing nothing but kicking his heels because he doesn't even play for the EDS either. So, I think that's a problem as well, in general, that the young players who don't get to play for the first team, but are around the first team, also do nothing else because it's still reserved team football argument. You know, that, mm. it's kind of useful. And at least they've got that over there as well, so... Yeah, and there's another player, obviously, that we're a little a little bit more aware of and we're, we're a little bit more convinced we'll probably go all the way with City in Phil, in Phil Foden. Just before we speak about Phil, you know, obviously, Blues out there, if you want to get your texts in, I've got two tickets to give away uh, for the Carabao Cup semi-final tomorrow night against Burton. Uh, money can't buy tickets. Well, they can. They're probably still available in <laughs> the ticket office. But anyway, well, we, we need to big this up. All you need to do is text us 87711 and tell us, how many times has Richard Dunn been sent off for Manchester City? Or in the Premier League, should I say? They might not, or because he played for Villa amongst other clubs. So, uh, how many times in the Premier League did Richard Dunn get sent off? You can text us eight double seven double one. You get that right, you could win yourself two tickets for the Carabao Cup semi-final game tomorrow. But well, going on to uh, to Phil Foden um, again, a little bit like I said with Brahim, I've watched a bit more of Phil Foden over the years. Definitely one of them them kids that from a really early age, I think, was always playing a Above his age group, he was always somebody that the academy felt was the golden boy. We've got to see a little bit more of him on the big stage at the Etihad, and you know he's got a couple of goals already for City in, in very limited appearances. Is this again? Is this what for you the academy is all about? You know, or is it more about you know? Is Phil Foden quite unique in terms of he is a blue? He's so passionate about the club, but he's also good enough to to kind of make it in the first team. Well, you look at the bar at Manchester City now, and it's you've got to be an international player to, or that sort of standard to be able to get in that first team. Me personally, I think if England played Manchester City, we'd wipe the floor with them. So that's the kind of talent that you're you're looking at. That's the kind of standard in the bar. So Foden, you know, he's a fantastic potential. But what I would say is, you look at Foden and where he is, and he's getting more minutes and more minutes as the seasons go by. You know, he's got more minutes this season than he did last season. And that's a kind of drip feed in. And, you know, you think about Pep and the pressure that he's under. And if he's giving games to these youngsters and they make a, they make a mess of it, well, the margins for error in the Premier League, you know, 
the, the, the minute, you know, there's four points in it, and I'm, you know, we've got a great record. Most of most of the time, we'd be at the top of the league now. But Liverpool have raised that bar with us, so it's hard to introduce these players when the pressure's not only on the manager, mm. it's on the club, and we've got to get the results. Mm. But yeah, Phil Foden, you know, he's just a, a talent apart. But I do worry about him at times in terms of the amount of pressure that's put on him. You know, this is a kid who was doing his GCSEs. He's not even a, a fully grown man yet. You know, you can see the shape of his body and if we're all calling in the stockport in yester or we're expecting fantastic things from him and he's not quite ready to deliver that you know a lot of football fans are ready to dismiss you know youth products coming through you know they don't turn up and they're not hitting the ground running they're automatically thought well you know he's not going to make it and that's very harsh and that's an incredible amount of pressure as I said to put to someone who's at the very very beginning of their career but someone like a manager like Pep Guardiola Steve who, yeah. who you know he, he he will always give youth, youth a chance if they're good enough you know you're old enough really for Pep but he's also a great man manager isn't he he's somebody that will put an arm around you know maybe when them times do come with someone like Foden where he you know he maybe goes through a bad spell or whatever I think Guardiola is the perfect manager to, to mold older player like Foden I mean he was asked this week wasn't he Pep whether or not um, he'd let he'd let Foden go out on loan and he was absolutely adamant to say yeah. to say no and I think that's genuinely believe, because he believes he's in the best place to develop I mean of course he's a blue we want to see this kid wearing that number whatever shirt it is every single week don't we we what i do i want to see yeah, that with, a, with an absolute passion but i think even goes beyond that i think the fact that pep is the manager he's in that group of i mean imagine well well Steve, imagine playing <laughs> with them players week in week out and training <laughs> on the training story about, um, i want to hear it i've got Hit a story about uh, phil phone it shows how young he is i mean because i used to go to the academy games quite a lot you get just chatting to the parents and I got to meet Phil's parents every now and then. I remember once, yeah, when it, it was last season actually when he made his Champions League debut. Uh, was it Hoffenheim in October? Uh, not Hoffenheim, um, Borussia Mönchengladbach, was it? I yeah. can't remember. Yeah, I, I think, think it, it was, yeah, yeah. Uh, either way, he came on for his um, Champions League debut. Uh, it was actually his debut for the first team. And I remember walking outside the ground at the full time and I bumped, I bumped into his dad and I was like, oh, you're right. How are you doing? It's like, yeah, I'm just waiting for Phil. His dad was outside waiting to pick him <laughs> up. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. how young he actually yeah. is. Yeah. If you get, wait. He can't drink. He can't probably drive yet. And his dad's picking him up after after work, you know, like after school essentially. <laughs> yeah. And that was after a Champions League game. I was like, that's crazy. And you forget how young he actually is. But yeah. he's living the dream as a Manchester yeah. City. And where's his ceiling, Steve? Because like you know, you've watched a lot of academy, uh, you know, cities at the academy. Bet put him in against maybe some of the talents you've seen in City's academy. Where is Phil Foden's ceiling? Oh, it's it's really, really, really high. If it wasn't uh, if it wasn't high, he wouldn't be in Manchester City's first team currently. I think Pep's kind of got it right in terms of uh, taking his time with him because I think uh, as, as critical as I can be about youth integration I think the way we're using Foden is right because he's physically not ready I think we can all see that I think he'd admit it himself uh, but his ceiling is at the very uh, top of the game I genuinely believe that because it's the way he glides past people um, you can't really teach that I mean, you say you can but it's just obviously instinctive for him to have that essential kind of beautiful game the way he just kind of disappears past players the one thing he's not getting quite right and it's probably just the ribbon thing because he's played about three minutes in the past month you know uh, is is this final ball and his decision making but that will come because we've seen him score long range goals and beautiful passes for the academy teams and all it takes is regular games and I think one day he'll have a game where he does something important that matters be it come on as a substitute and he'll score a great goal and it won't be a tapping it'll be a great goal or it'll be something where 
like if we put the game to bed, he'll get run on, it's 2-1 up and he'll set up the third or something like that. And if you can get a click, you see, you always see a moment with young players where something in their head just clicks and all yeah. of a sudden they feel part of the team. I'm smiling here as you're talking because I'm thinking of his reaction while oh, on, be good. on Sunday when he got that <laughs> kind of miscontrol off his knee what into the net. You know, you but, but the way that he celebrated it, he cel- that's when you look at him as a fan and go, he's living our dream there. You know, this kid has just put a goal in at the Etihad and he celebrated it like it was a 30-yard Worldy. That's to me that about. means so much as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you compare it and contrast it to the way Jesus sort of celebrated when he scored, it was uh, just the, a realization of a complete dream for a young man. You know, he's there, he's looking round at a stadium he's been to hundreds of times, but he's there on the pitch and he's contributing in the most fantastic manner. And he's there, you know, he's just. He didn't mean it, no way. <laughs> but who, as I said at the time, I said, who cares, you know? And he's gone off on his, on his wild celebration and it's one of these where he's kissing the badge and he genuinely means it. And how many footballers can say that down the years? Yeah. So we've got a truly special talent. His art's in the right place. He's getting coached by the best po- coach in the world. He's surrounded by all these talented players and individuals who seem to have a lot of time for him as well. So yeah, living the dream, man, living the dream. Well, I, I mean, I, I again, I, just to kind of finish off on Phil, I was, I've I got to say at one point thinking it might be best for him to go out and, and maybe to go to a Premier League team, do you know, play, get some consistent matches. But do you think he's going to fit in a lot? I mean, I'm guessing this season he's going to be used as a, as a bit part, a bit more of a bit part player. But yeah. do you think maybe next season, do you think Pep's got that stepping stone for him in, yeah. in mind? Do you think he's got a plan that maybe next season he's going to get 20, 25 games or something like that? Do you think he's going to be integrated a lot more as you know, over the next couple of years. Yeah, I mean, we all have to look at how he was uh, a year ago compared to how he is now. He's a lot more confident already. And I do believe that there is a plan just to start using him more. And I think instead of seeing him start uh, just uh, Carabao Cup games, we'll see him start FA Cup games and we'll see him start the odd Champions League game, sorry, the odd Premier League game at home next season. And I think then it'll be the season after next season where he's essentially yeah. rotating the way that Gundogan and lot is. And I think that's when he would be there. But... I think next season we'll see him starting, you know, five to ten Premier League games, and then probably another ten to fifteen other competitions. And he'll only be nineteen, and he'll only be, you know, <laughs> thin as a rake still, and it'll be totally fine. And uh, I think he's he knows quite comfortably that he has that one spot that's probably available for a youngster at the moment. So I think he's quite content with that, and he probably should be because um, he really does have uh, the world at his feet. Uh, and I think he'll he'll go there as well. And he'll get it. 19, doesn't it make you feel bad? He's 18 19 now, isn't he? Well, he is at the minute, but by then, 19, <laughs> frightening. Listen, uh, that's the uh, the first section of the show. We uh, we did a little competition uh, where you could win two tickets for tomorrow night's uh, well, semi-final Carabao Cup against Burton. We've had loads of texts in, so we're going to get back to the winner very, very soon. Uh, the question was all about one man, and that man is coming up after the break. Please join us for Richard Dunn. Manchester City Football Social with Blue Moon Rising. Welcome back to the Manchester Football Social. We're here until 7 o'clock talking all things Manchester City. I'm Stephen and we've got here Walter with us. We've got also Danny's got the winner of the uh, competition for two Carabao Cup tickets tomorrow night, haven't you, Danny? Surely have. Um, we've been trying to get hold of her. Angela from Jarlsdale. There can only be one Angela in Jarlsdale, surely. Definitely the only one that's <laughs> tweeting in and, and, sorry, texting to the show. So, Angela, 
from Jarlsden. You are the winner of two tickets for tomorrow night uh, in the Carabao Cup semi-final. But we're only letting you have them if you speak to us. So we're going to give you a call. Uh, I think one of the guys have tried you already. We're going to try you again very, very soon. Um, yeah, we are just waiting to get the legend that is Richard Dunn on the line. He, on, uh, he? He's sunning it up in Monaco these days. <laughs> this guy does not mess about. He's gone from Manchester to Monaco. Um, so from whether Dunny he actually wants to, to speak sunny. to us... What? For Dunny to Sunny. Dunny to Sunny. Hey, even better. That's be- better than mine. That. I apologize. Um, just, just <laughs> before we get, they get before we get the man himself on there. Well, um, from your point of view, Dunny. When people talk about Richard Dunn, what does he mean to you? Oh, Richard Dunn was just uh, a colossus at the back. You know, people forget. You know, this was a player who was our four times uh, player of the season. You know, he had that bad reputation for scoring the odd goal, but normally it was in a case of him trying to shut a a striker down who was through on goal. So you could always see that 100%. And as a fan on the terrace, the one thing you want to see from all your players is that 100%. And Richard Dunn had that in bucket loads. Just an absolute colossus warrior. Uh, Richard Dunn, to me, sums up that era just before, you know, we got all the money and whatever. I used to watch him just kind of... I was kind of proud of him at the same time, really, because he came on that journey with us, didn't he? And for all the uh, all the down moments and so on, and what a legend of a player he is. And four times player four of the season, times, not just times. four times, but consecutively four times player of the season. I mean, will that ever be touched again? Not no. just from City, but over the, unless you're David De Gea at United, because obviously you have a lot <laughs> of shots to defend. But, um, but I mean, particularly City, do you think that'll ever happen again? It's, it's going to be hard to happen at City because we're a different beast and a different club than what we were then. You know, um, we're bringing in world-class talent all the time. So for a player to stay on top, You've got to be something special because, you know, fans always get their favourites and, you know, that changes and people get injured. But this was a guy who very rarely got injured and just put it all out there. So, happening again, not anytime soon. Well, we bigged him up. Let's uh, let's hope he lives up to the billing. So joining me now is, without doubt, a true City legend. Like I say, four consecutive player of the seasons. It's the Dunny Monster. Good evening, Richard. How are you doing, mate? Thanks, Danny, and you. I'm really, really, really good. Thank you. Uh, thanks for joining us. I know you're a busy man. We were just saying you uh, you probably, we thought you'd sacked us off for a beach in Monaco then. So <laughs> are, are you out in Monaco at the moment, Richard? Yeah, yeah, we're out here. Um, just, I was back in Manchester for Christmas, so we just came back out then. The kids started back in school on Monday, so it's, uh, it's trying to get back into normal. I bet they love that. Now, you played, you know, over three, 350 times for the Blues, um, over kind of nine years or so, I think it was. Um, you know, I, I, you know how you're revered by the City fans. Every time you come to the Etihad, you know, I've, I've been lucky enough to chat with you and the City fans love you. I mean, what, what are your kind of memories of being a Blue? You know, you, you must look back at it, a long and distinguished career, but, you know, was, was City something that was a little bit special for you? Me and it was a, a really, a really enjoyed my time there. 
And on to um, uh, the club now, uh, Donny. Obviously, there was a huge game last Thursday night. We beat Liverpool. Um, we're back in the race now, a lot of people would say. Do you think Liverpool have lost a bit of their uh, invincibility now after that, and obviously after the defeat at Wolves? Um, I, I, I thought it was a really good game um, when, when City beat them, did I know? And I thought it showed that Liverpool are capable of, of competing with City, I think, this season. But certainly it'll knock them now, you know, they... they they thought and I think it was Lovren was coming out and saying how good he was and then how good his team was and they wouldn't lose the game so <laughs> it's, sweet. Um, yeah, he it's, loves it's, himself Lovren <laughs> oh, yeah. for no reason absolutely <laughs> mate <laughs> he's, he's, he's a poor man Richard Dunn Lovren that's all he is <laughs> he's not even that good he's playing against Van Dijk and anyone's going to look good next day because he does everything <laughs> for him so no, but I think I think they will be shook a little bit. I think they'll. It, it, it depends how they react now when they get back into the league games at the weekend. Um, if they can get back winning ways, then they'll they'll certainly put a fight up and push City all the way. But something now what City can fall back on is the experience of having having won the league a couple of times, a few times. So the pressure's all on Liverpool, and, and City will just continue to to do what they, they've they've been doing for for most of the season. Hey Richard, it's Walter here. I was going to ask you, we've got uh, four players at the back for Manchester City playing the centre-half position. How do you think you would have coped with a rotational system like that and not, maybe not being able to find your rhythm, you know, week in, week out? Yeah, I would have found it difficult, to be honest. I think it's, obviously, it's, it's a different sort of... It, the difference now was they can nearly play the same player every every Saturday and then give the other players the midweek games because there is so many matches um, that they play this now now with the championships, the leagues, the league cup, everything they've got. But yeah, still, it's one of those when you when you get into the team and you've done well, you feel well. It's my jersey, you know. That's my position. I should be playing every game, and that's how. So as the players of my generation would always see it, that once you're in the team, unless you you messed up, you made mistakes, then that that was your position. But now the the, the squad is so strong, and there's so many games that yeah, I suppose it, it is something that you have to accept now as a modern day footballer that you will play a certain number of games, but. You, there is. I don't know whether there is a first choice. I suppose there is, but it's um, yeah. There's them games that you, you fancy playing, and sometimes you just have to miss them because you've got def- different abilities which will suit the following opposition or something like that. So I, I find it, I, it'd be difficult, but I'm, I'm sure it's just one of those things everyone adapts to as they as they get used to. Can I just ask then, if you've got all this rotation going on, if you were a mainstay at Manchester City today? Which one of the uh, other defenders would you most like to be there as your fellow warrior? Um, obviously, if, if he could keep keep fit and be Vincent company because of what he's done, the experience that he has, and um, I suppose the way he organises things is it's so so helpful for the centre half. If you have someone who's concentrating on their own job but also helping you out on your job it's, it's so much more beneficial and I think um, obviously with Stones Otamendi and Laporte there's probably difference in, in language and stuff like that or whatever it may be but there's different styles of football whereas companies being in English football for such a long time that he understands the the demands of the, of the role and the the basics of defending more than more than probably Laporte or Otamendi and he's, he's the one person that I would always you could lay a hat on and, and trust him down to the ground to play alongside and 
the Champions, Champions League Champions done is something I think where you know City I feel the owners is the one that they really want to get their hands on I mean we spoke a couple of seasons ago didn't we at the Etihad um, for the Monaco game funny enough because you were, you were over for that one for BT Sport I think and you know do you, do you I mean you look at the draw that we've got we've got Schalke haven't we in the in the next round I mean probably the easiest of the draws that we, we could have got do you think this season could be the season do you think we've got enough kind of in depth there to, to maybe go all the way not just in the Premier League but 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 the Champions League as well. Um, it could be, but like we've seen already this month, you know things can can change quickly. And City lost a couple of games, and then there was a bit of a worry whether they they could uh, claw themselves back into a title race and stuff like that. So there will be different periods throughout the season, and we've seen how important Fernandinho is, and it would oh, be great God, yeah. if be great if we could sign someone to to cover for him to to give him a rest let him be rotated and someone that he can put in that position and know they're going to do the same job and it's not the it's not the highlight job I suppose it's not the one that the, everyone looks at and thinks he's amazing it's, but it's the most effective one in the team where he's blocking passes he's, he's stopping counter attacks he's playing the ball simple he's playing good long balls as well and he's 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 the important one. If they can keep him fit, then they will have a chance in, in the in the well, certainly well in the Premier League. But I think in the Champions League, he's, he's vital in terms of that 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 role in the team. For someone to be able to disturb the opposition is very important when they get to that such a high level. Yeah, and he was an absolute monster against um, Liverpool. I thought that was one of the the best midfield performances I think I've uh, I've ever seen. What What about yourself? Now, last question from us, Richard. What about yourself? Now, you twenty years you were playing your trade in the Premier League. Do you miss it? Uh, I know you're doing a lot of work in the media now. Are you, are you enjoying that? Um. Yeah, I do. I don't mind it. It's, um, it. I'm just interested in football, like so. It's it's nice to be able to go and work and watch games and and different things like that. But um, out here, we run a kids' academy and stuff like that, so we're out training kids every day. And um, at the moment, that's just really enjoy that, and it's it's um, it keeps me out, keeps me out moving around and, and doing things, and I'm working alongside younger kids and ex players from from Monaco as well. So it's. Uh, yeah. It's nice as well to be doing that. And how's your French? Um, it's all right. It's <laughs> Not as good as your little lads. I was talking to your little lad a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it, at the game, and it sounds like he uh, he's not too bad at the old French. But, um, no, he's taking on the full accent. Has he got the accent? Oh, wow. Right, OK. Well, listen, just before we let you go, we, um, we, we've done a competition. We've got two tickets up for grabs for tomorrow night's uh, game, and we obviously wanted to get, get, do a question about yourself. So we're hoping you know this answer, because we've got Angela on the line, Angela from Dralsden, uh, and she's given us the answer to this. Now, can you tell us how many times you were sent off in the Premier League. I'll give you a clue, your joint top. Yeah, I'd say A. Correct! You don't get the ticket, so. But who does is Angela. Angela, you are online. You're speaking to Richard Dunham. You got a quick question for him, Angela, before he goes? Uh, not oh, she's panicking. Angela's panicking. <laughs> Listen, don't worry too much, Angela. You've got your tickets. First of all, Richard, absolute, I'm sure I could speak for Stephen and, and Wall. Absolute yeah. honour speaking to you, mate. Hopefully we'll see a lot more of you down at the Etihad and, and we really appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on, mate. Cheers, Danny. Nice one. Thanks very much, Thank you. Thanks, Richard. Cheers. Angela, good evening. Yeah. How are you? I'm fine. We were trying to get hold of you, you see. You'd won these tickets. We wanted to have a little chat with you, and you were ducking us. So you have won two <laughs> tickets for tomorrow night for the Carabao Cup semi-final. How excited are you? Really excited, because it actually have been the first uh, match. It'd be the first time I've been to a match. Oh, wow. wow. 
Well, that is amazing. So, no, we couldn't have given it to a better person. You do know the way then, don't you? You know the way to the Etihad, yeah? We're not getting a, we're not getting a show for picking you up in a limo and all that. You've won the tickets. You can sort yourself out. Well, listen, have a great night. We're going to uh, stay on the line. We're going to uh, sort of work out how we're going to get these tickets to you. Um, but enjoy your night. And if you see us around City Square, give us a shout. I will do. All right. Well done. Congratulations. So Richard Dunn, boys, Richard Dunn, I, I, I'm just proper excited. He was an absolute hero, an absolute legend for City, and he thinks we can go all the way, I can tell. You, you know, he thinks right. we can go all the He's way. Right. We can. We yeah. can do. We get the lucky breaks, you know, that's what it's all about. I think we just came up against the one team that I thought might knock us out last year. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, it's just, I, they're the only team I didn't want at that stage of the competition. Yeah. Because we were flying in the league, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, um... Can we do it this year? It's a, it's, a, it's a cup competition. It's a knockout competition. And if you can't get yourself up for this, boys, you know, yeah. we've got to be in it to win it. And, hey, Man City are certainly it's in it. Courage signs for me, guys. The one team that gave us so much trouble last season, we beat them now and we've drawn against them in the league. So, yeah. in general, it feels like we're And I played them in both, in my opinion, for large parts of exactly. both games. Yeah, and working I've out. got to say so, Steve. I mean, obviously, you love your social media, Twitter and all that kind of <laughs> thing. You will have definitely seen the Anfield rap. I'm sure you probably spoke about it. <laughs> the, the comments that the grass i mean even pep it. was bemused bemused by the question i think today in the in the press conference i mean how ridiculous i mean are they are just completely clutching at straws it's with that world, one it's ridiculous it? it's another world i don't understand where you'd come from this if i said that out loud i'd expect to be slapped by my mates for that i genuinely like it's <laughs> yeah. just nonsense that but they filmed it they filmed it and they stuck it on they the actually... internet for everybody to see the guy on the right um i'm, I'm glad he didn't weigh in because i met him once and he just sat there quietly and i'm like i'd like to think he was thinking what is he on about? Because that kind of stuff, blaming the thickness of the post, blaming a faulty uh, goal line technology, blaming long grass. And then Klopp came out yesterday as well and said he blamed the wind at Wolves. So like, <laughs> next they're going to you know, blame the density of the air and all this kind of stuff. Uh, who knows? It's just, um, sometimes you lose, lads, and that's it, you know? Yeah, just got to take it. In, in, Deluded. All take. <laughs> Deluded. Don't worry, though, Walt. Next year is their year, mate. Don't worry. Oh, this year. I mean, the famous line in the, uh, in the song goes, you, when you walk through the storm, Bit of wind. And what happened? <laughs> <laughs> hypocrites. That's what we say, hypocrites. Listen, another competition that Liverpool are not in is the Carabao Cup. And in the final section of the show, we're going to be discussing tomorrow night's game against Burton, as well as it's January. Are City going to flash the cash? Are they going to get the wallet out? Is the shake going to dip into them very, very deep pockets and buy a player in January? Uh, who knows? We'll get the thoughts from Steve, from Walter, and join us after the break. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Manchester City Football Social with Blue Moon Rising. 
Good evening, Manchester, and welcome once again to the final uh, final episode, final <laughs> section of our amazing show, uh, the Manchester City Football Social. Uh, if you have missed our first two sections, then you'll be disappointed because in the middle one we spoke to City legend Richard Dunn. But uh, do not fear, you can get us on your uh, podcast, however you get your podcast. Just search the Manchester City on the Manchester City Football Social, and you will find us. You can listen to us uh, once again. I'm sure you want to hear Mr. Dunn's Dunn. Sit tones, but in the uh, the final section of this show, we're going to be talking about tomorrow's uh, semi-final Carabao Cup, Man City versus Burton, the first leg of a two-legged affair. Um, start with you, Steve. I mean, we, you know, you look at the game against Rotherham at weekend. I mean, this is a, a Championship side that we absolutely dismantled, took Indeed. apart. Um, you know, I think the Burton chairman has already said if they can do that to uh, to Rotherham, he fears the worst. <laughs> what kind of evening are you expecting at the Etihad tomorrow? Do you know what? I think, I think we're not in an arrogant way. I think we will, but I don't think it'll be anywhere near as kind of one side as that because it's a semi-final, you know? And I think Burton will really, really, really go for it, like Bristol did last season as well. Um, but I think we'll take it very seriously because it's a trip to Wembley on offer yeah. and I'd love the Carabao Cup I genuinely think the League Cup is a really fun competition and the perfect springboard for the rest of the season if you win it in February so I'm expecting uh, we'll take it very seriously I'm expecting we'll play a pretty strong team and I'm expecting Burton to fight for their lives because why wouldn't you it's their first ever semi-final appearance you know uh, so they're going to be up for this uh, obviously they've got um, Nigel Clough as manager as well so he's got a bit of affection for this club um, but I think we'll take it seriously I think we'll go for it was a few players rested uh, the weekend I think we'll come back into it and I think it'll be a strong team and I fear for Burton a little bit um, but I'm looking forward to it and a hopefully- few players rested I was looking at the, <laughs> I was looking at the lineup for Rotherham and I was thinking okay the Rotherham fans are turning up in the numbers as they did Walter and then you know they're thinking well they might play a few kids you know you never know we might get away with this you might play a few kids and then you see starting lineup Edison Kyle Walker <laughs> Nicholas Otamendi John Stones you know um, Leroy Sané came on um, Jesus Sterling the, where, where we're so lucky now as Blues, Walter, is that our kind of fringe players slash weakened side is still ridiculously strong, isn't it? Oh, it's, uh, the, the depth of the squad is just incredible. I mean, got sort of links slightly back into the youth players coming through. That would potentially weaken the squad. And uh, you say it was a, an unbelievably strong team against Rotherham. He made eight changes. And that's crazy. That is crazy. To be that good and make eight changes. I don't think changes. we have a weak team anymore, really. I think we have a bunch of players that just rotate, rotate around, essentially. So, like, I think uh, our, we could change every week eight, eight changes and win most games. Um, and I, I think we'll see, like, Bernardo and everyone come back into this team. And maybe even Aguero, honestly. I think he might start him. <laughs> And oh, it's going to be fun. It's going to well, be fun. Well, that might strike fear into our next uh, caller <laughs> that we've got on the line. I mean, we've uh, we've got Anton on the line. Anton Williams. He is, according to my uh, sheet in front of me, Mister Burton Albion, which is a pretty decent title. Uh, Anton, uh, good evening. Welcome to the Excess Manchester Football Social. How are you? All right, thanks. Are you all right? I'm really, really good, mate. Listen, we were just talking about City's game against Rotherham on Sunday and what we so-called fielded a weakened side. You know, would you like to see that kind of weakened side on the on the pitch tomorrow night at the Etihad? Hey, first one, eleven you put out, we'll bring what we got and we'll go for it. Um, we've got no fear. We're nothing to to 
worry about. So it's a free game. Enjoy it. Enjoy the occasion. And is that what it's about, really? I mean, obviously, I mean, expectation is all on, I guess, on City's shoulders. I mean, uh, Burton are coming there. You know, they've earned the right to be there, Anton. You know, they, you know, let's not kid ourselves. They've beat some really good sides on the way to the to the semi-finals. So, you know, under Nigel Clough, do you think he'll give them the confidence that listen, don't stand there in awe of these players. You know, put you know, get stuck in, put it amongst them, and, and just see what kind of result you can get out of it. We love being the underdog. Um, go back 13 years, to, I think it was to the day we played the uh, the red half of Manchester. We took them to a nil-nil and took them back to Old Trafford for a replay in the FA Cup. You know, we, it's a challenge, and that's what we're up for. We're always up for. Uh, we tend to play well against the better sides, um, whether that's scrapping around or even matching playing football. So, yeah, we've got nothing to fear tomorrow. I hope we give you a game, um, which I believe we will. Well, I'll go on the fall at the minute. Um, but Cuffey knows how to get the best out of people and he deserves a chance at it himself um, you know him and Ben the chairman I put the last of souls in the club in the last 20-30 years between them you know so it's more for them for than anything um, the fans have been brilliant um, throughout the cup rounds we've played Villa Forest beating them so why not yeah, why not? Indeed, like Anton, like, as a, a City fan, like I, I love seeing. Uh, was playing against teams that we've not played against before. I think this is our first ever competitive meeting between the two clubs, which is it's rare you get to say that. But I'll be honest, I'm not like I don't really know much about the way you guys play. Like as a City fan, and uh, as maybe if you listen as a neutral, so what can we expect from Burn tomorrow? Like, how are you guys playing? How do you think the uh, club will set up to get our City? Um, I think we'll sell the same way as we have done uh, in the last past few rounds and the last couple of league games as well. We try and play football, as you can imagine, from a Nigel Cuff team. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll try and be strong at the back as well. That's Buxton, Turner, they're fairly solid. Um, hopefully we'll go through uh, Aguero or whoever you put up front against them early doors and uh, make sure they know they're there. But, so we'll be, <laughs> Old school, we'll be that one, isn't it? Old school, yeah. let him know you're there early doors. Yeah, of course you do. I think everyone that Sunday league football's been all about that as well, isn't it? Yeah. What happens in modern day football? Um, you know, if we can get anywhere near any of your players, I'm sure we'll barge one or two out of the way. But no, we'll be solid. We'll support when we got the ball. We'll be patient, but we'll be attacking and we'll have a go at it. And any particular players we need to be wary of? You know, is any that you know any star men that you know that might cause City problems? Yeah, I used to put up Marcus Harness. Um, he took a while for him to get into the side, but last six weeks he's been a starter. He's been an absolute whirlwind. He got his first ever goal which on Saturday. Uh, actually got a hat trick as well. Um, so he's on fire forward at the minute and brewing with confidence. And then, you know, you look all around the team. We've got Buckle at the back, Jake Buxton, um, big character, um, solid. Okay, yeah, his, his pace probably uh, isn't quite what it used to be, but he's solid, he knows what he's doing. Um, well, we've got talent all over the park. We've got Liam Boyce up front, um, top goal scorer this year. If we stayed fit last year, we'd have probably stopped up. Um, we've got Scott Fraser as well in midfield with Jamie Allen. Okay, look, across the pitch, across the squad, we've got talent. Um, so I don't underestimate anybody. No, and I don't think I don't think Pep will. I think he's no. shown that against every you know every opposition he's come up against, he'll he'll take it seriously. He'll put a team out there to win. And we can't forget as well, it's a two-legged game. I mean, if you can just stay in it in the in the first game, uh, you're getting back to to the Pirelli Stadium. Um, you know the atmosphere, getting you know the whole of the fans behind him. You know you, you, you'll, you'll definitely have a chance if you're in it after the first leg. You, you'll definitely have a chance in the second leg. No one likes going to the pyramid. I think that's where Forest and Villa um, 
this season have come up um, obviously struggled uh, you know, go back 13 years as I said earlier against Man United they had got a clue that turned up for the pitch was a bit sandbaked because of the bad weather we had um, but they struggled they didn't like the atmosphere and in the championship last last two years you know, teams have come there and they don't like the fact that the fans are so close to the pitch the atmosphere is different to what they have week in week out at the bigger grounds uh, so it is a different account of the fish so if we can stay 0-0 1-0 2-0 you know we still want to share well, whatever happens, Anton, uh, you know, enjoy it. Uh, good luck, uh, good luck to you guys, and uh, thanks so much for coming on. No problem. Take care. All the best. All the best. Yeah. Anton Williams sounds relatively, you know, relatively confident in sounds terms fiery, of. Doesn't yeah, he? I think like he. Yeah, I do. You know, and he's back in his team. Um, like, like he said there, he, they've obviously got a spray of, of good players there. Somebody he thinks will cause us problems. The only thing is when you look at. You know, an understrength city side to maybe a, a full strength city side as well. It could be a really difficult night for him. I hope so. If we're being honest, all due to respect to Anton and Mr. Ben Albion, I hope we could uh, turn up tomorrow and just play the way we uh, could. Because I honestly believe winning's a habit, um, and just like. Uh, even if it's you know Rotherham or Burton, the more wins we get, at the moment the more goals we score. It kind of sets us up so well for the the running, doesn't yeah. it? And I want to kind of breed that positivity and get a few more goals, keep another clean sheet, hopefully, um, and we'll just we'll fly into the rest of the games after that. Uh, we need to make sure, essentially, if we can, with all due respect to Burton, we need to try and finish this tie in the first round, uh, in the first leg. Sorry, yeah, yeah. and I think that. that's why Pet will go super strong tomorrow night because I think he'll want to. Hopefully, if we you know if we get a result like we did against Rotherham, six five six seven, the game's over. Even he can four, literally think, rest you know. a full yeah. He can literally <laughs> rest a full side to for the second leg. And and well, you know, I was I was looking on on Twitter and, and looking at kind of Liverpool fans almost I, again just going back to them just because they got beat last night in the cup, kind of to say, well, you know, we're out of the cup, we can focus on the league. It's four, it's five games over four months. The FA Cup, so it's five extra games over four months. It's with a good squad, that's hardly going to affect things. I'm the complete opposite, mate. I think. Winning becomes habitual and, you know, a mentality. The more yeah. you win, the more competitions you're in. Like, and like um, Steve said before as well, you, you get that cup early, the, the, the league cup early in the season as, as yeah, it comes. Yeah, yeah. That's a massive springboard then for the, the back end of the season. Well, to be honest, I prefer the league cup or the Carabao cup or the Rumbelows cup. <laughs> Simod. Was that one? Milk cup. Milk just cup. show me age there. But I mean, I prefer that than the FA cup because it's... It's it's not at the business end of the season. It's like this sort of a surprise package. It's almost like going round your house and finding a Christmas present early from Santa <laughs> at the beginning, you know, at the end of November. So yeah, it's just that. that and it's a fantastic day out at Wembley. I mean, we've had some superb days out at Wembley, whether it was against Sunderland or Arsenal. You know, you've just gone there and just enjoyed the occasion. And, you know, we seem to do far better in that cup. And I love the fact that it's not the semi-final is a two-legged affair and you don't have to traipse down to Wembley for it. You know, it's just, I prefer that competition. And he did sound confident. And I hope they do come full of confidence, and I hope we kill them in the first leg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're ruthless, you, Mr Smith. You are ruthless. Tears tomorrow. <laughs> uh, just before, we've got a few minutes left, just to kind of touch upon it. It is January. Uh, Peppers kind of adamantly said 15 times in press conferences, we will not buy anybody in January. Steve, what, what's your thoughts? Do you think, I mean, from my point of view, I think we should be looking at a left-back cover, definitely. Yeah. But other than that, I can wait till the summer for Fernandinho, um, maybe somebody who can help Fernandinho out. Do you, do you envisage City making any signs? 
signings? Is there anyone particularly you'd like to see coming in in January? I think it's telling the truth, to be honest. I think we're a little bit apprehensive given the financial fair play stuff of not kind of causing too much of a scene, uh, sadly, because I do think as well we need a left back. And for me, the, to be honest, me, the biggest pressing concern is the Fernandinho alter. I mean, we've got Gundogan who can play there. I don't think Stones is the answer to that. But I just worry about Werner. Uh, those are the two obvious positions, aren't they? Left back, a yeah. centre midfielder. Um, I just don't think we'll do it. I honestly don't, sadly. Uh, I think we've been honest about that. I think we'll have to wait until the summer. And do you know what? Uh, Mendy will be back in a couple of weeks, according to Pep in the press conference. If he can stay fit is another thing altogether. Uh, but if he is, then we've got a first-choice left-back uh, that we signed, so we can't really make any complaints, you know? I, I believe that he needs to dip into the market. And oh, let's get it right. Managers lie, don't they? <laughs> you know, there's no point in him saying we're definitely going to bring someone Shame on you. Oh, Pep Guardiola, shame on you. Oh, Pep loves a good lie when it's <laughs> out to the media. And then he gets behind closed doors and speaks the truth, as he says. <laughs> and he's a guy there who's, if he, if he says, I'm definitely bringing someone in and doesn't, well, then the egg's on his face. But if he turns around, oh, we're not buying anyone, we're not buying anyone, and all of a sudden drops a Laporte-type signing, we all love him that little bit more. Klopp said it last year, I'm not buying anyone. Virgil van Dijk's, you know, 75 million dropped. So it's their job to lie, because if you're going out and saying, I am buying someone, other clubs just say, right, well, this is how much it's going to cost you. You do your deals behind closed doors, and you try and get in the best quality players you can. And I, I firmly believe whether Mendy's back or not, we need that left back. Simple reasons being... You sign players for the, cl the club where you want it to be. And we want to be Champions League winners. And l name a Champions League winner in the last forever where Fabian Delph will be playing left back. It simply wouldn't happen. We won't be able to sign anyone, though, of uh, Champions League quality, surely, that would be able to play in the Champions League, maybe. because no, uh, you might get the buyout clauses in Spain. It's more the fact that they might be, um, well, I guess, not eligible because they played European competition already. But we're looking at Chilwell, aren't we, from Leicester? He looks like a really exciting. Really, yeah. He's um, exciting, uh, very energetic, young attacking fullback. Well, he's, he's better than what we have, isn't he? Better than Zinchenko. And then you're looking at the young Tierney at, at Celtic as well. He's fun, I like him. I like him a lot. Loads of energy, loads of skill. Well, there you go. Uh, watch this space. There's plenty of days in January left. Hopefully, we will see one or two signings coming into uh, City. But that's it for this week's uh, Manchester City Football Social. Thank you all for joining us. Um, we'll be back next week. Hopefully, the same trio. We'll have to see. One of us might get ditched on tonight's performance. <laughs> you never know. Uh, but hopefully not. Hopefully, we'll see you next week. Uh, tomorrow night, it is the Wednesday Club as well. So, tune in to that 6 till 7. But for now, have a lovely evening. Cheers for joining us, guys. That's the end of this show. I hope you enjoyed it. We had a cracking time. Uh, hopefully you'll hear us next week as well. And don't forget, if you want to check out the podcast, search Manchester Football Social and wherever you get your podcast, be it Acast, iTunes, and all that kind of stuff. Find us there, subscribe, and you'll get the podcast sent to your inboxes as soon as it goes live. Anyway, from Walter, Danny, and Stephen, see you later. Bye. See ya. <laughs>